Sermon number 552, The Pearl Merchant, preached in the First Presbyterian Church of Bakerstown on November 8, 1970. The text, Matthew 13, 46 again, The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. Matthew, the 13th chapter, the 45th and the 46th verses. The kingdom of heaven shall be compared to the pearl merchant who when he went and found the pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. Jesus Christ liked that pearl merchant very much. As a matter of fact, he admired the man. That's why he used him as a sermon illustration. And the point in this very brief passage of Scripture, which is a parable in itself, is that Jesus is subtly trying to tell us that unless we have some of the characteristics and traits of a pearl merchant, we'll never really find out too much about this business of living. Jesus calls it the kingdom of heaven. No man will never really know exactly how life is to be lived. So goes the contention of Jesus, unless he has some of those worthy qualities that can be found in any pearl merchant. Well, what are they? Jesus used to watch these merchants, and I think the thing that impressed him the most was that the pearl merchant was an individual who was always seeking the best. Read this short verse, the 45th, and you'll notice that this particular man was just not any merchant. He was just not interested in only making a living and only getting a buck. He was a pearl merchant. Now, that may not seem too much to us who live in the days of great and mighty jewels, but in the day of Jesus and in the day of this particular merchant, the pearl was considered to be the most priceless and the most of all prized possessions. It was the most precious. And therefore, you see, this man, when he was a, a merchant of pearls, he was just not any type of a merchant. He was that merchant that was seeking the best. In being a pearl merchant, he was in a quest for the best. He was not interested in second-rate things. He was interested only in those things that had supreme value. And notice you will find that he was not just after any pearls. Notice the adjective. He was after fine pearls. He was not interested in the second best. He was interested in the best of the best. And that's what Jesus liked about him. You see, Jesus likes us when 
We are people who are seeking for the best. He knows, as God who gave us the life knows, that we have but one life to invest. And man has no chance whatsoever of finding out what life is all about unless he is willing to seek for the best. God is never satisfied with mediocrity, and he doesn't want us to be satisfied with it either. Look at a tree, look at a stone, look at a sunset. The best. God goes only one way, first class. And Jesus likes it when he sees us interested in doing the best and seeking for the best. Because that's the way he made us. Jesus would never have said, seek first the kingdom of God if he knew we weren't able to make it. Jesus knew what some of us have not found out yet, that God, when he allowed us to come into this earth, and we are here only by his permission and grace, he brought us here not because he hates us or because he's trying to get even with our parents or because he's trying to bring some plague on the world. God brought us into the world for one reason, because he loves us. He created no two of us alike, and he gave to each one of us individuality. He gave to each one of us not only a set of limitations, but a, a group of abilities or talents. He gave these to us to form a life. And God knows that we can find it if only we will seek the best. You see, Jesus put it so well when he said, You who are evil, you know how to give so many good gifts to your children. Well, if you who are evil can give such good gifts, how much more can your Father in heaven give gifts to those who ask him? Ask, and ye shall receive. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock. It'll be open unto you. God, who is our heavenly Father, wants us to be people, and hence has made us individuals who are capable of seeking the best, and that's why Jesus likes the pearl merchant. He knows, you see, that unless we are people who seek the best, not one of us can ever find or live up to the potential that God has placed into us. If God has given us a good mind, if we don't feed it with the best, then that mind will be something less than God created it to become. If God has given us a healthy body and we are satisfied to feed it with less than the best, then we'll never know the great strength and power and might that he has placed in potential in these bodies. If God has given you some talent and you don't try to the best of your ability to find out what that talent is and then use it to its best. You will never have that happiness which comes from knowing that you are using to the best and for the best that unique and special thing that God has given you in your life. 
Yes, God not only created us to be able to seek for the best, he wants us to find the best because that's the only way we'll ever live up to the potential that he has placed within us. But what's more than that, he knows if we are people who are, who are satisfied with the second best, people who are willing to live with mediocrity, then in our religious life we'll never have the privilege of meeting personally Jesus Christ. You see, that's why Jesus Christ liked the pearl merchant. Because he knew that unless we who are trying to find the kingdom are satisfied with less than a quest for the best, we'll never come face to face with him because, you see, Jesus Christ is the best that God has ever given to this world. For 2,000 years now, the best representation that God has ever given of himself comes in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And if you're not interested in finding the best that God has made, then you see, you'll never come face to face probably with Jesus Christ. And that's why Jesus Christ liked the pearl merchant. Because he saw in this unique individual a drive, a desire to seek for the best. And he knew that unless you and I have that same drive, we'll never become the people that God would have us to become and probably we'll never know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. But there was another trait that he liked in this merchant man of yesteryear. He saw in him not only the desire for the best, he saw in this individual a set of values which had been previously established. Jesus, in comparing the kingdom to what a pearl merchant does, says there's something in that pearl merchant that is vital for finding the value of the kingdom. That pearl merchant, if he's going to be any good at his trade, has to be an individual who has decided a long time ago upon an established value system. You see, the man, the pearl merchant, found the pearl of great price, but how was it that he knew it was of great price? He knew values. You see, a long time before in his life, he had found out that there's a difference between paste and the pearl. He found out probably the hard way that just because somebody says something is popular, that doesn't necessarily make it a pearl. He had to find out, like many of us, that all that glitters is not gold. He had to realize early in his career that if he was going to be a merchant of pearls, he had to know something about pearls. And he had to establish for himself through training, through learning, through logic, through reasoning, through long, tedious hours of study. He had to establish a standard or a principle or, or a value system. 
And then whenever he took a stone, he had something to compare it against. And if it matched in all points, then he knew that stone was one that was worthy to buy. If the stone was better than his standard of values, he knew it was superior. And if the stone was less than his standard of values, he knew it was inferior and it would be wrong to purchase it. He had a standard of values. And because of it, when the great pearl came along, he knew it. And you see, if he had no standard, no values, no sets, rules, what makes a good pearl and what makes for a bad pearl, the pearl would have come and gone and he would have never known it. But he had a set system of value. And that's what Jesus liked in that man. You see, Jesus likes it when you and I have some set system of value. Now, he may not be as pleased with your set of standards as he is with someone's else, someone else's, but he knows that unless you have at least some idea of value, you're never going to find the meaning of the kingdom of heaven order. You see, if, if you really don't know something about what is right and what is wrong, what is real and what is fake, what is eternal and what is temporal, then you see, you really can't become much of a judge because you know no value. You see, if you do not have some conceived idea of what truth consists, you can stand in the presence of Jesus Christ who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You can stand in his presence and not even know it. If you're not interested in... have some concept of love, you can stand before the cross of our Savior, which is love exemplified, and see nothing but two pieces of timber tied together in the middle. This man, if he did not know something about the value of pearls, he would have been no better than those dogs that Jesus talks about when he said, do not cast those pigs that Jesus was talking about when he says, do not cast your pearls before swine, because, you see, a pig doesn't know if there's a pearl before him or a piece of paste. It's all the same to him because he has no sense of value. So Jesus gets excited when you and I get excited. When in our life we have some concept of those things that are right and pure and honest and just. This is one of the great concerns that I have with modern theology and ethics in the situation ethics fight. I'm afraid you can find yourself in so many situations that pretty soon you have no set values at all. And everything is relative. And you really cannot then tell the difference between what is right and what is wrong. 
There are perhaps some good points towards that new concept in social ethics, but let's beware. Because remember, Jesus, like the man who had an established set of values, even though maybe those values were wrong, because it was only with that kind of a man, and still it is only with that kind of a man, that Jesus Christ can appear in all of his glory, in all of his radiance, in all of his rightness. And people can still see and realize that in him there is pure perfection. But without that standard, you can look at him and see only another being. It's only when you have some concept of sin that you see in him the sinless one. It's only when you have some concept of wrong that you see in him one who never did any wrong. It's only when you have some concept that there is something missing in your life that you see him as the bright and morning star, the full and all that is necessary for life. So that's why Jesus liked the pearl merchant. He had an established set of values which helped him to tell the real from that which was the fake and the phony. And then there was one other thing that he liked about this pearl merchant, I think. Not just the fact that he was always seeking for the best, not that he had some established set of values which he knew, but that he could make the purchase when he found the pearl. You see, he was willing to buy, no matter what the sacrifice, when he found that for which he was looking. You see, that's the whole point of the parable, the whole point. If the man had not purchased the pearl, no matter what cost, his seeking for the best would have been in vain. Evaluating every stone that came into his presence would have been of no use whatsoever. Seeking and evaluating paid off only when the individual had enough courage, foresight, strength, faith, and adventure to sell everything that he had to purchase that priceless pearl. He had the courage, you see, to act upon his evaluations, upon his findings. And this is the thing that Jesus liked. You see, Jesus likes an individual who knows what he wants, and when he finds what he wants, goes and buys it. Now, that may kind of sound kind of strange to some of you, but Jesus Christ likes the individual who has that drive within him, who knows what he wants, and when he finds what he wants, he goes out and gets what he wants. Because he knows that unless an individual has that type of drive, that type of risk evidenced in his life, he's never really going to be able to find the power of God's love and the strength that comes in the heavenly kingdom. 
You gotta have that courage. You have to have that intestinal fortitude. And Jesus knew it, and he saw it in the pearl merchant, and he doesn't see it in too many of us. You see, this is where our religion breaks down. It's not that we do not seek for the best and find the best in Jesus Christ. It's not that we do not have some sense of value and we realize that in Jesus Christ he measures far better than any value system individually we might have. We lack the courage, just as did the rich young ruler, and we cannot sell all that we have to gain that which we have found. I guess it's because we're always hoping that someday the demand will not be as great. But its price never changes. That old man in the prayer meeting, when he stood up to give his simple, plain, powerful testimony, he was great. The power of God was working in it. He sat down, and the younger man stood up and said, I would give the world for a testimony like that. And then the old man stood up again and said, That's exactly what it cost me. Nothing in this world comes for nothing. Even God. God costs. The payment is your life. That's the only kind of exchange he understands. The meaning of life for your life. That so many of us stand back and admire the kind of life that Jesus offers, but we, we don't go and buy the pearl. I guess we're hoping for some bargain basements, but believe me, there is no bargain basement in the kingdom of heaven. I don't know why it is. Maybe it's because we think too much about that word sacrifice. That's a good ecclesiastical term that has been hurting the church for a long time. Notice in this parable, there's no word of sacrifice. The idea is there. But that pearl merchant, you see, he was not thinking so much about what he was giving up as much as he was gaining. That's where he put the emphasis. He was not thinking about that which he was losing. He was thinking about that which he was getting. Now all the other stones in his possession would be considered not nearly as great as they were before because now he had one greater than he had ever had before. And he was willing to sacrifice everything for that one stone. He did not do it with sorrow or with regret. He did it because he could not do anything else, because he saw here was the greatest thing he had ever seen in his life, and he had to take it, no matter what it cost. Jesus Christ is the greatest thing that has happened to this world and can happen to any man's life. unless we become like the pearl merchant. 
I guess there's not much we can do but traffic in peril. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Our Father and our God, we come before you this day asking that you will help us to see those qualities in life that make life, life. We become so confused with all the glitter and all the gold. We become so involved with all the complex manipulation that goes on within the thinking of mankind. Help us to see that when we go, we get. And oftentimes when we get, we have God. Please, Lord, help us to be like the farmers. Help us to be like the simple people. Help us to be the merchant who has the courage to buy the pearl of great price. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of his Holy Spirit be and abide with all of you now this day and forevermore, forever and ever. Amen.